Hello and welcome to another episode of How Not To Make A Game. I'm your host Stuart Neil and joining me tonight is Tomislav Podraski from Pine Studio. Hi Tom. Hi Stuart. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, it's nice to be on. So Pine Studio is a game dev studio from Croatia and it started working on its first game in a garage back in 2012. Looking at your the sort of the game dev um, page and what have you on Steam, it's fair to say that the last nine years for you in the studio, uh, you've definitely kept yourselves busy. Uh, how has, has the studio changed since 2012? Well, 2012 uh, it was definitely a different era for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were still in college, so it was started by uh, four of us, which are co-founders of the studio still mm-hmm. uh, in college, and we literally worked from a garage. Uh, which was uh, one of the friends, uh, one of the co-founders, and uh, we started there in one summer. And yeah, it, it was four of us, and uh, it, it's a bit different than now when it's like about 20 of us, uh, mm-hmm. you have salaries and things like that when you're <laughs> a student. So quite a, quite a long journey, but it, it, it's very fun. Uh, every stage... Yeah, I take it you are in um, sort of proper offices and things, or at least have offices there at the moment. Yeah, yeah, we we had a bigger office, but then uh, it was empty for like eight months, so we decided to scrap that. And now we have a smaller office, but nobody uses it. We, we transitioned completely to work from home. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, and now we have some members that are not like close by. Mm-hmm. And we don't see ourselves coming back fully to, okay. to the office. That hmm. seems to be a trend for at least a lot of smaller development teams at the moment, um, that they're not looking to go back to sort of a full-time office job, even if they do still maintain some office space. Yeah, yeah. for our, for our employees at least, uh, since we are kind of located outside of the capital and a lot of people are from the capital mm-hmm. of Croatia, Zagreb, uh, they have a commute, and yeah. with this, we eliminated like hour and a half of their commute time. <laughs> they're happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not missing the commute time at the minute either. It's uh, nice not to have to do that. Uh, so probably your biggest hit so far um, has been uh, CM Speedrunners from Hell. Now, aside from that, you have then mostly focused on mobile platforms. Um, but then, as I say, you've had a fairly busy year in the last year because you've then ported an awful lot of those mobile platform games over to PC. Was this always the plan to do that, as in porting them over to PC, or has the way people are playing these days influenced that decision? Well, the decision like was different for uh, each kind of the game mm-hmm. we ported because some of the games were done with uh, a publisher. Mm-hmm. So that came from their side that they wanted the games on Steam. Okay. And uh, for Cats in Time, which is uh, our self-published title, it was planned from the start that mm-hmm. we, we would do a Steam release. And yeah, uh, it wasn't influenced by any, anything really like market-wise. We just wanted to have the games there too. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense having them on both platforms available to people. Yeah. How have the games done sales-wise on Steam? Uh, I probably shouldn't comment about the publisher ones because <laughs> there's some contracts or something, so I'll skip that. Uh, Cats in Time uh, is done okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, comparable to mobile versions, so it's a nice platform, even though it's more casual mm-hmm. game. It's not your 
yeah. uh, hardcore first-person shooter simulation games. So. Over the past week, I've actually been playing Cats in Time, and yeah, it is adorable. So it is, it's, it's a very fun little game. Um, even my son's had fun playing it as well. Yeah, yeah. My daughter plays a lot. <laughs> so your next release then is Escape Simulator, um, which, as we're talking, is coming out on the 19th of October. Uh, what's the premise of the game? Well, n- the game is, we say, it's our vision of an ultimate escape from game. And, uh, and we are trying to simulate the real-world escape rooms. So mm-hmm. you get locked in a room, you solve puzzles, and you get out. But how to like do it? Some people or some companies have done, obviously, some room escapes, and they're on Steam. But uh, we don't feel that they have everything in it to make a, like this super-rich experience. And... One of the things is uh, we want to make everything very interactable. So you can pick up and examine everything. You can throw it. You can smash it. Like sometimes you need to break a glass to get behind something. So it just makes you feel like that the room is not there set up by like a puzzle designer. Mm, yeah. And you have this one thing you can pick up. Okay, that's the clue. I need to take it. Mm. Uh, and that's one of the things we really wanted to get like the feeling of we wanted it to be multiplayer mm-hmm. and uh, the rooms we are shipping with the game support up to three uh, three people mm-hmm. um, technically you can join it with with more people but then you're a little bit cramped yeah um, and uh, we really wanted to try something else we always try to do at least uh, one unique thing with the game and uh, we did a level editor or I'm gonna ship next week, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, that that has been very uh, hard and <laughs> interesting experience to create a escape room editor. It's, uh, you have to build a lot of tools to make it work, uh, but now it's there and it's mm-hmm. really cool. We just built two rooms in it, so like proper rooms, and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what people make with that mm-hmm. because now any of the players can make their own escape rooms and they can be playable in as many people they want. That's going to be like... That's what I'm waiting for, like, on the (laughs) release, to see what happens with that. Sales are secondary. Yeah. Usually the sort of um, fan community and what have you are very interesting whenever they start mucking around with the editors and things like that. Um, They usually push the envelope um, really quite hard and as much as possible so yeah that will be very interesting to see uh, how long has production been on escape simulator uh it's gonna be a little bit over two years uh, almost mm-hmm. two and a half years and um, what about the biggest issues during development uh i mean the whole pandemic started in the middle of it <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> that, that's kind of interesting uh but there's little logistic issues and you, you get over it um I just we spend a lot of time nailing down the controls and uh, the overall design of the game because you can you can do so much in the game. There are so many interactions you can do, and uh, usually some other games solve that by not having those interactions. Mm-hmm. Like you can pick up a thing, you can examine the thing, you can take out a thing from that thing and put it in another thing you're examining. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like this simulating something that. It, you can do in the real world, but it's kind of cumbersome to do in uh, like virtually with just a mouse and a 
keyboard. Uh, it would probably be easier to do in VR because you have mm -hmm. a little bit more degrees of freedom of movement yeah. on the controllers. Uh, but I, I think we finally nailed it to be uh, usable to <laughs> a large number of people. So, uh, th and, th and that happened like in last month, like mm -hmm. maybe last month. And it's just like, okay, now it feels good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. The game itself then sort of continues the run of the studio, focusing on uh, puzzle games. Is this a strong genre, sales-wise? Is it, it? It's strong. It's not the mm -hmm. strongest. Uh, we had success on mobile uh, mm -hmm. quite a bit, and we, which enabled us to finance this game in two and a half years of development. Uh, so, uh, puzzle games for us have done well. Negative thing about puzzle game genre is it's usually ends quickly. Uh, or mm -hmm. like you play the game, you're done. You might replay it in the future, but you don't stay for it very long. Mm -hmm. And then it doesn't continue like growing as some other genres, such as simulation, multiplayer, and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, Escape Simulator is a little bit different, just because it has some of those things from other genres, such as level editor, uh, co-op, uh, play. So we are hoping to extend it, and we plan to support it. Mm -hmm. uh, so. It's a little bit cross-genre game. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, we are happy with puzzle games there. What are the influences uh, on Escape Simulator? I can't say really, like, there, there's a one specific game or a thing I can reference. Uh, we, we, we made a lot of uh, escape room games when we started as a company, mm -hmm. uh, like, I think. It's numbers in like 40s <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, during the Flash era of games mm -hmm. and, uh, and some early mobile games. So we did a lot of them and we always wanted to create like this special escape room game. We, we even bought the domain name like 2017, so like two years before we started working on the game. And it was just on hold. And like, you know, I played a lot of adventure games uh, before like uh, almost uh, maniacally playing adventure games, all of them that came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that's obviously influencing me to go into this genre. With marketing um, of puzzle games, it seems a little bit harder than it would be for marketing a more action-orientated game. Um, is it difficult to market uh, those style of games and also not give away hints and things for the puzzles whenever you're actually marketing them? Yeah, that, that is a little bit difficult, uh, for especially for like uh, marketing in, with streamers or mm -hmm. YouTube content creators because like they play the game and you saw the game. But uh, still, we have a lot of content. Mm -hmm. So we, we think like even if the players watch a couple of episodes, uh, there's still a lot more to go through experience with your friends um, that's one of the things and the other thing is like we are doing some little uh, marketing things with specific influencers where we're uh, doing some special uh, editor rooms for them like oh, okay. that we built in our editors so they mm -hmm. play that and they're kind of tailored to them so that's kind of what we're trying to do yeah, no, that's, that seems like a, a more unique way of actually marketing it if you're building it specifically um, for the influencer, yeah. 
Um, obviously, on this game, you are working with a PR company um, on this release. Is that something that you normally do? And how did the relationship with the PR company come about? We sometimes use PR companies. And uh, now when we are starting to self-publish, definitely we need help there. And uh, we're actually using two PR companies this time. Mm-hmm. One is more specific to, to press and the other one uh, deals more with uh, influencers and oh, okay. outreach. And uh, first company we found just by asking on Twitter, hey, what are the good companies? And mm-hmm. we, ha- we have some friends over at some publishers and they recommended uh, the people we're working on and uh, they've been uh, great. And then the second people, we just looked at the credits of a game that's kind of similar. <laughs> <laughs> and saw them in the credits of another game that was similar. And we were like, maybe they, <laughs> they are good people to contact <laughs> to see what they have to say. Uh, but yeah, uh, working with both have, has been great. Um, interesting to hear someone else's perspective that's mm-hmm. not in development and what their ideas are. Yeah. Is there a lot of collaboration between you and the PR companies? Yeah, yeah. We, we do meetings, we, we are on Discord, we, we talk, and, uh, especially now for those custom rooms. Uh, we, mm-hmm. they're, they're playing them, they're like, talking to the influencers and seeing you know, think about this quite direct mm-hmm. you had mentioned um, a little bit earlier just sort of about supporting the game and how usually with a puzzle game that drops off um quite quickly i take it there is a slightly longer tail of a support plan for escape simulator particularly if you've got the editor there yeah that's correct uh, we actually have more rooms in production that are going to ship after the release that are mm-hmm. in quite high stages of the development and uh, they're going to be released for free within okay. like uh, first. Uh, we'll see what the interval will be, but mm-hmm. we're, we're hoping like one a week, two a week, uh, to get those five out. Uh, except that we're we're obviously going to see what, how the level editor is going to do and what we're going to do about it, uh, <laughs> because uh, in order to promote the rooms people are making and to see what they are missing. A lot of people start like using the tool. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. see, like, okay, oh, please add this. We want custom models. We know we, they want yeah. custom models. It didn't make it in this build, but that's first on the list. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's something uh, mm-hmm. to do. And then we have localizations. Uh, we're going mm-hmm. to translate the game as, to as many languages as we can. Mm-hmm. Just with you saying about working on uh, specific levels and things, would you consider a collaboration with an influencer to release their rooms as, say, paid-for DLC? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's something that comes from a different part of this whole idea, and mm-hmm. that's like, can we do licensing? Is that a thing? Uh, uh, we'll, uh, we haven't done any outreach so far, mm-hmm. but I, I would like to see if we can make like a Lego escape room, yeah, uh, or maybe some indie games. Like it doesn't have to be big brand. Maybe we can uh, collaborate with somebody. Okay, now maybe we can do our own escape room as an example for CM speedruns for hell. We can mm. like create this cross license. Yeah, kind of fun. So on your site, it says uh, you have a stat that says that you have about thirty million plus players of your games. 
Um, and obviously that's a huge number. And then it says whenever you include contract work, that number probably jumps up to about 100 million. <laughs> the obvious question would be, do you consider the studio successful because of this? Because of those numbers? Uh, I mean, it's nice that a lot of people have played their games. Yeah. Uh, it. I think we're a success. We've been mm. around, uh, survived for nine years, so... I think that qualifies us, and uh, for that, uh, those numbers are probably higher now. Uh, I, I think these are <laughs> very uh, old numbers, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think we are a success. We are, we are not among us or whatever blew up in the last year, but uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The contract work then that the studio does, how important is that uh, alongside the, your own work, um, the keeping the studio as a profitable business? Well, we've kind of uh, downplayed the contract work to almost completely in the last couple of years. Okay. And we are focusing on our own titles, and that's mm -hmm. been going okay. And uh, we kind of started with contract work, then transitioned in working with publishers, mm -hmm. and now we are in transition in, in self-publishing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the third step. I take it then, obviously, with the contract work and what have you, um, there was sort of a certain skill set that sort of helped attract clients and what have you. Has that skill set transferred well then into you working as a, uh, a smaller or a dev team or a dev studio that is self-publishing? I think so. Uh, some of the important skills there is like you need to build it and build it fast and build it on time. Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing that, uh, <laughs> you're losing money. And uh, I, I think even though our projects go over time, sometimes it's not, it's never been something we couldn't handle. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's always in, within some margin of error that, that's like, okay, we need to do this like this. For example, in Escape Simulator, those five rooms that are shipping later, they're supposed to be in the game on the release date. Mm -hmm. But uh, obviously, we've seen, okay, we're doing we've gone too far and mm -hmm. uh, let's focus on the 15 rooms that are in there and do five later mm -hmm. was it important then to put the game out on the you know sort of announced date as opposed to pushing it back a little bit until those levels were ready you know do you think that that's the right strategy for this game i think so i, I think we have an, a lot of content uh, even with those 15 rooms mm -hmm. uh, that it doesn't really matter and as I said, we're re releasing them for free. Uh, delaying the, the date uh, creates a lot of issues mm -hmm. besides the game being announced and shared with uh, media and embargoed on the day uh, mm -hmm. of the release and changing all that is messy. It, it just like creates fluctuations within the team. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, now we're not focusing on this day anymore. And We've just like went through this whole release mindset. Okay, mm -hmm. we are coming out of the release mindset, developing more, and then we'll ship. Yeah. At this stage, is the studio um, basically a self-funding business, um, or are you always still on the lookout for investors or funding uh, or publishers to help with sort of financing of projects? We still work with publishers, and we, we have mm -hmm. uh, two projects uh, in the work that are done with publishers. And... We are looking uh, for more uh, potential projects in the future, but 
mostly focusing on self-publishing right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that could involve investors at some point, but self-publishing has been actually very pleasant and fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I suppose it's nice being a little bit more in charge of your own destiny as such. Yeah, yeah, like pulling the right moves that like, because you have the whole picture, you, you know, mm-hmm. from the development point what that means and you know from like the marketing and all the points and you can make a decision when publisher might be looking at, I have invested this much money and uh, we need to ship by then but the developer might be saying to the publisher hey uh, that's maybe not the best idea we should either delay or cut or mm. do something smart there yeah with respect to making games um, how does the project management flow differ whenever you're making a mobile game compared to, say, a PC or console game? It's not that much different. Uh, mm-hmm. Making a PC game is obviously a little bit nicer because you don't have to deal with different devices. I mean, mm-hmm. you have different configurations, but you're playing on a platform you're developing, so it's much nicer to test and uh, deploy. And, yeah, I, I prefer PC a, a lot more than anything else. <laughs> uh, mobile is fine. It's challenging to squeeze a bit more performance power out of something that's smaller and PCs. Yeah. How do you feel about the industry at the minute? Obviously, looking on Steam, you know, like there's hundreds of games being released every week and things like that. Do you think there's enough space for everybody, or is it very overcrowded? It is crowded, but that's what people have been saying in 2016 when we released Steam. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I haven't played a game that I thought it was good and it didn't have like a lot of reviews or some indicator that they did at least decent. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some genres do better than others and yeah. that's reality of thing. You can expect an adventure game or a puzzle platformer to do as well as a, a multiplayer survival game. Mm-hmm. Reference that again. Yeah. Uh, but if you make your budget the right way and see, okay, we can, we'll be able to bring back money and maybe make some some out of it, mm-hmm. and and you do a, a good product, I, I think there's a space for those sorts of projects. Mm-hmm. So what's next for the studio? Well, uh, we're gonna see what happens next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how uh, how the game does, and uh, that's obviously going to influence our further development of it, at least mm-hmm. in some part. We have plans to support it, but I mean, if it blows up, then we change plans a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, we, we always have products, uh, games in uh, some sort of stage of pre-production, production or mm-hmm. something yeah. that, that are out there, and we have a couple of uh, very fun ideas I would like to work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm kind of excited about the next things. Uh, one is a mobile game that's kind of like more story-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a cool story and uh, yeah, very nice art, so mm-hmm. I, I'm excited about that one. Uh, we have another puzzle game, which is more detective-based and some cyberpunky stuff in there. That's also in decent stages. And uh, we got a grant from EU to do, um, it's called Starless, uh, 
and it's kind of like Uncharted, but without the combat, okay. set in space. Yeah. And uh, that, that's a bigger project. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I kind of want to do a smaller project in between, <laughs> just relax after two and a half years of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's going to be fun to do too. Very good. Three quick questions then, uh, just to wrap up the interview. Uh, what's your top tip before starting a project? Or starting a project, that should be something probably where we fail every time and we say it to ourselves to do it <laughs> and not listen to ourselves. Um, like, I, I would say, okay, do the prototype and make sure it's fun and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and go based off of that for the game. But it doesn't have to be true always that you have to do everything at that starting stage. You can, it's, it's a little bit more messier, but you can do things at a later time. Mm-hmm. to uh, make it work uh, because focusing too much on something that's too pure I've seen people um, fellow developers that have focused and created this perfect prototype and I don't know where it comes from probably from like uh, Jonathan Blow and uh, Raid and those interviews and saying like, mm-hmm. focus on Super Meat Boys uh, controls were uh, first being worked on and then they develop the game mm-hmm. or whatever but I've seen a lot of people get stuck on that and they cannot get it perfect and mm-hmm. then they kind of give up on the project yeah. and uh, so my, my tip is do the prototype but don't expect it to be perfect mm. what's your biggest regret in your career biggest regret <sighs> I guess uh not going self-publishing sooner, or at least starting as something smaller, uh, so we could gather more experience. Uh, that's what we did with Cats and Time. So that's a smaller project that we managed to self-publish, but it would be even more f- uh, productive if we did did it like two years ago, like mm-hmm. did a smaller project, self-published, and started to uh, make that, those sorts of like skill sets. Uh, grow, develop. And if you could change one thing about the industry, what would it be? About the industry? Um, that's a hard one. Would <laughs> 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 I change about the industry? It's, it's... I don't know. I, uh, I found it actually, from my perspective, to be kind of all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my experience with publishers are that they're very approachable and uh, communicative, at least the mm-hmm. ones I've talked to. Uh, platform holders usually are not that bad and you can get them to do things for you to contact them. So that wasn't mm-hmm. that bad. And uh, in, in our perspective, like... I don't have an opinion about the bigger companies and what they're doing. Of course, mm-hmm. there's some yeah. like bad things there. Uh, I would encourage people to. That's one of the things we are doing in the studio, not to do crunch. And mm-hmm. That's one of our biggest like things. It's like you can make a game without crunching. You you can delay your five levels and yeah. uh, have your team be healthy. We are working overtime this week, but we haven't done that before this week. Or the whole duration of the project. Oh, okay. yeah. uh, some of us co-founders sometimes do more, mm-hmm. but the rest of the team has not done 
over time on the on escape simulator until this week and it'll launch next week so. mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good going then so it is yeah Okay, at this stage of the interview then, I usually pass it over to my guest um, to give any shout-outs or plugs, um, obviously for either yourselves, Pine Studio and Escape Simulator, but also um, just to make people aware of anybody else um, in the industry or their games that they should go and have a look at. Yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, <laughs> you definitely need to check Escape Simulator. Uh <laughs> I don't know when this comes out, but it might already be out, so buy it. <laughs> you don't need to wishlist it. That's that's thing of the past. Uh, shout out to the whole team that's worked on the game. Uh, we have multiple teams in the company, but everybody contributed uh, at the end at least. So it's really been, uh, everybody's been great. And uh, it's been fun finishing up the game. And... Uh, uh, one other game that's coming out this month I'm looking forward to uh, from a, a fellow developer here is called Saint Cotter. It's an mm-hmm. adventure game, point and click, and uh, that's one I, I would like to play. I'll have to look at that for myself so well. No, thank you very much, Tom. That has been uh, a really nice interview. I enjoyed doing that. Thank you very much for coming on, uh, obviously, and uh, well, yeah, good luck with Escape Simulator as well. Then. Thanks. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very fun. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with the show, um, you can get in contact with us via Twitter at How to Make a Game. That's the number two, Make a Game. Uh, you can get in contact with my personal Twitter, which is at Saintly Stuart. And you can email the show at How to Make a Game at gmail.com as well. Thank you very much. Um, that's been absolutely lovely. Bye. See you. <laughs>